Welcome to the Cult of the Clock Tower. I am Andrew Nathanson. Every other week, a special guest and I have an in-depth discussion about a character from the game Blood on the Clock Tower. Today's character is The Fool, a townsfolk from the Bad Moon Rising edition, whose ability reads, the first time you die, you don't. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we're going to be talking about The Fool, and joining me is Russell. Hey, Russell. Hey, how's it going? It's uh, It's been a while. Yeah. You might remember Russell from the Ravenkeeper and the Sage episodes. Uh, only the um, Ravenkeeper episode. I, oh. Did you not work out on the Sage? S- someone else did the Sage. I, I, I uh, don't recall who. Uh, I was re- I was going to do the Sage, but then with, uh, with quarantine, I, I stopped playing the game for a while, so... Oh, right. Yes, yeah, I remember yes. that now. Yeah, yeah our, our but, original plan was to have you on for all of the characters who wanted to get killed that night. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. But I'm back for the third one. I mean, I guess I feel like a lot of people in Bad Moon Rising want to get killed at night. Uh, yeah, but Fool is definitely like, it's mm-hmm. the most soldier-like, I guess. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. It's a, it's a soldier that occasionally works during the day. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I was trying to figure out, like, do I think sol- soldier or fool is like stronger and i feel like fool is often stronger than soldier because it's a little bit more flexible in how it can be used and like it can get itself confirmed but we'll talk about that yeah yeah, uh, yeah so before we get into that though quick overview of how to run the fool it's just the first time you would die you don't basically or i think it's the first time you die you don't which i've never quite liked that wording i wish it would say the first time you would die or something like that but I mean, I don't think. Oh, I I I, I love the wording. I love that it's just <laughs> a very a, an overly literal game rules. Yeah, <laughs> feels like a magic card. How yeah. the precision of their rules. But yeah, so the only the only confusing thing I can think of is that it, like it happens for any time they would die, including dying by execution. Um, the only exception is if dying to assassin, who can of course kill through any form of protection. So assassin can kill the fool in one shot. And I guess the only other thing I can think of for ways you might be confused about running it is that there's no particular announcement if they were to die at night so i know it says the first time you die you don't so that might make you think that they actually die and so you should announce something but no if they just lose their life it just looks like they survive for any other reason yeah um, I, I don't i don't know if i've heard of a storyteller getting confused about that but definitely have had players ask me like will i know if i if yeah. i fooled death um, <laughs> uh, but no you do not you do not get to know but yeah, let's get into playing as the fool. Mm-hmm. So I think that fool is a fairly simple character. And I also think it's fairly flexible, which ends up making it somewhat powerful because there's a lot of different ways you can play it. And it's kind of hard to play it badly, I think. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think the fool is um, and I, I, I wrote a note in, in, the, in, our, in our notes doc here saying, I'm not going to pretend the fool is the most complicated character, right? This is not, you know, a, a pit hag or a, I don't know what's the most impactful character of the game. But I think I think the thing that I think makes the cool fool cool is you you kind of can do anything with it. Like the fool is a character that I mean you you get to be a fool, right? You get a yeah. <laughs> you get like if you I think even even just coming out and just saying hello everyone, I am the fool is sort of a valid way to play it, but I think it's most exciting when you can decide I'm going to try some silly gambit this game. And the worst case that will happen is no one trusts the fool, which isn't that bad. And if it does pay off, then you have a gambit that paid off. And kind of the nice thing is if you're trying to do something like where you're trying to get yourself killed at night, 
if you end up kind of making yourself suspicious in the process, which would maybe make you less likely to get uh, killed at night because the demon wants to keep suspicious players alive, if that ends up happening and you end up getting executed, well, your ability might just work then, and then it's like, oh, <laughs> exactly, confirmation yeah. for you. So it's like, it's very, very flexible, and I think for that reason, you can really try to push what you do with it. Yeah, yeah. I think um, the one kind of, uh, I'm not sure if this reduces the flexibility, but um, kind of the consideration with all of that is because of because you can survive death once uh the fool is one of the most likely characters to reach the final three and if you have been doing a foolish fool again like a, a gambit that did not pay off uh you really don't want to enter the final three when everyone thinks i think our fool is lying to us yeah that, that can be the big um, risk that's um, that's the worst downside but but i think most characters have that downside in some way so it's not special to the fool yeah, and on that on that point, I think that one of your main goals as the fool should be to like really get yourself killed at night, like yes. not just like waste a night of evil's death uh, of evil killing, but like actually get yourself killed. So attacked twice at night would be kind of the ideal for a lot of games with fool. Yeah, um, absolutely. And really, that's just because dying at night gives you trust. Um, there's not that much reason for minions or demon. Well, there's no reason for demons to die at night. Well, I guess there is. There's Zumble. Uh, but there's not that much reason for minions or demons to die at night in BMR. And so you dying at night is going to kind of inherently get you some trust. And that's very important because that also tells you that there was another night where there should have been one more death than there was. So it's good info that will help you reframe the game and it'll get you that trust that otherwise might be kind of hard to get. Yeah, and I think I think the idea that um, dying at night lets you kind of track back the first time, like it lets you look back and figure out, oh, when was the other time that I would have died? Um, you know, when when was there a missing death? Because I think uh, I think I see in, in the in the in the tips on the wiki it says you know try to look for a night when there's a fewer one one less death than normal, and that's really hard to do in Bad Moon Rising. <laughs> it is. Um, yes. It's really hard to be like. Could there maybe have one been one more death last night? I don't know. Uh, but once you're dead, then suddenly, you know, it, the possibilities reduce because it's oh, I died on night, you know, four. So that means either night two or night three, I was also targeted. Probably we'll get into the caveats. I think in a minute. Um, but but it means that you know you just need to figure out which of those two nights you should have died, um, or. Or one of the reasons why you might have died without, you know, you might have died the first time. But I think that's that's a more useful way to look at it. And so I think if you do, you yeah, you you don't you don't want to reach the final three usually yeah. as the fool, <laughs> um, even though you are kind of a bit more likely to. One thing to point out on this front is that a lot of our notes here are going going to be talking about how you can kind of play the fool as a character who wants to get targeted at night. Mm -hmm. um, but I think because you whether or not you die gives you a little bit of information to reframe the game. That occasionally makes it so that you want to be executed during the day. I, also, I should say, I think it's not that bad to just get yourself executed during the day, like, early on. Yeah. Uh, if you have nothing better to do, sometimes it's okay to just, like, you know, I might survive. You know, this will at least give us some kind of interesting thing that has happened that we can start anchoring some of our deductions around. Yeah, I think it's a really good backup plan. Yeah, I think it's generally or okay, but I think probably not necessarily what you want to be your primary plan. However, I do think that getting yourself executed during the day later in the game can be a, a part of a more mainline strategy because if if it is getting to the point where you're one of those demon candidates, 
you getting yourself executed could be really good um, because either you're going to die and then that's going to give you personally at least some more information and hopefully you'll be able to convince some other people that that means that you were targeted previously or you're going to survive in which case that's going to be almost like an extra night in the game or potentially depending on the sort of the number of players left where if you survive execution and you weren't being targeted by evil anyway well that could just mean that you have like that execution only like <laughs> it, it it doesn't actually cause you to waste an execution if the numbers line up it also somewhat reduces the odds because i think the biggest kind of downside to executing the fool during the day um besides just the fact that you know you'd rather be executing evil and a tea lady might want to prove their ability is working and and you know there's a lot of reasons to execute someone in bad moon rising um it also it's the fool is one of the characters that you just cannot tell apart from the devil's advocate um and if you're waiting until later in a game it's less likely that devil's advocate has lasted the whole game or at least you might have an idea of whether or not one is even in play yeah that's definitely true and you can as the fool be a little bit more flexible and be like uh, like, hey, you know, execute me today or tomorrow, whatever you want, but just execute me at one of those points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think that that's a good idea is is put the choice of when you are executed in someone else's hands. Don't don't be, we should execute me today. Just say, eh, we should execute me. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, you know, it, it's a lot of the, the, uh, the fool doesn't need to be trusted most of the time, but when you do need to be trusted, be careful about, you know, the exact parameters of how you establish trust. Yeah, occasionally, like, knowing that there could have been an extra death in the night can be really valuable info, um, especially if it's, like, with validating a gossip statement or, you know, something along those lines. Uh, basically, the more, the fewer worlds that you're in, the more likely you should be getting yourself executed during the day. Like, if if you dying would put you squarely into one world then that's a good time to die. If you dying, like, just very slightly narrows the many possibilities for what could have happened, uh, probably isn't as worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's that's also the main downside of, of being executed early because, you know, if, if, on, if on day one you execute a fool and they don't die, well, you know, they could, they could in reality actually be that fool. They could have been devil's advocated. They could have been next to the tea lady. It, it doesn't... You know, I guess it gives you information that you might might narrow to the worlds later on, but it doesn't really give you a direction to start going down. Unlike some other some other first uh, first day executions. Yeah, it's because like the fool is only in that case. Even if you just decide you you can fully trust them as the fool at that point, they're only confirming themselves, and now exactly. they don't have an extra life or anything, so they're just going to get killed eventually. Yeah, um, I, I think that's a mistake that the virgin can often lead people towards is. Um, kind of the temptation of oh we need we need to confirm one person because that will let us focus all our information on them um, and a in Bad Moon Rising you know the fool they can be somewhat confirmed but you can never be entirely confident especially first day and it's also just uh, with the Virgin you get two well I guess you get one certainly confirmed and and one part, mostly confirmed with and you only you'll only ever get one. Uh, max one one may be confirmed with the fool right um so it's it, i think it's like yeah, important to like emphasize the difference in in certainty you can have there and it's much more similar to like uh the virgin nominating themselves which yeah some people will do and in trouble brewing it occasionally works out because you know having that one person you can trust and feed all the info to can can work 
Uh, but as you were saying in Badwin Rising, you don't have that that much ability that you can feed to them or that much information that you can feed to them. And I don't think the Virgin nominating themselves is that good of a strategy in the first place, even in Trouble Brewing. So I, uh, I, I don't know if I think it's a good strategy or not, but I mostly just think it's less exciting. Uh, that's also true. <laughs> and as a storyteller, I want excitement. So I'm always I'm always discouraging it. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, I thought I... Because that's a fairly common play pattern, I think, is for the fool to get themselves executed. I think it's... I personally think it's a little bit more common than it should be. But I can also, like... You know, my own play in games, what I've noticed is, like, I do find myself advocating to execute fools more often than I would, like, than I'm implying that I do here. Just because sometimes it's, like... I can't get everyone to agree on executing the person I want to execute. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, might as well execute that fool for a data point. <laughs> it's it's always a lot easier when you're speaking as uh, as magical voices that yes. are outside <laughs> of the game, spectating the possibility space that knows, you know, everyone who's good and what they should ideally be doing. It's a lot harder when you're unsure who you can trust and... And it's just, like, it's easier to get executions to happen when the person being executed wants to be executed, right? Yes, yes, exactly. So, yeah. so, like, if there's a fool advocating to get themselves executed, it's a lot harder for me to persuade the town to do something else than it is for me to just go along with it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I would, I would still encourage people to really consider, like, what are you actually gaining from that? And I don't think it's a lot. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so with all that said, let's go into more of what we actually have most of the notes on, which is yeah. trying to get yourself killed at night. <laughs> yes, yes. The exciting part. How, how does one do this in Bad Moon Rising? <laughs> um, I mean, I think the, the, the thing you have to go, the, the benefit you have here is that there are just, you know, so many roles that evil wants to murder that pretty much whoever you want to claim to be, uh, you'll, you'll have a reason that evil wants to kill you. Um, I think I wrote down probably the most obvious or, or, or most common ones are probably the chambermaid, the exorcist, the innkeeper, the courtier, the minstrel, uh, the pacifist. And I realized I left off the tea lady. The tea lady should definitely also be on that list considering it's probably the most powerful character. Yeah, tea lady, you sometimes need other circumstances to kind of help you out with that. Uh, like if you actually have a tea lady who's seated like two seats away from you, that can be a great time because then you can test one of their real neighbors while pretending to test one of your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, something yeah. like that. I guess the downside with with claiming to be the tea lady is that you'll you'll need to you'll probably need to sell it a bit for evil to try to kill you. Yeah, um, <laughs> I would imagine. Um, whereas you know if you if you uh, you know do the classic, I'm going to tell only you I'm the exorcist, and telling that to six different people. Um, <laughs> They'll probably they'll probably want to kill you no matter what what other stuff is going on. Um, a tea lady, they you know they'll, they'll be like, okay, well it's a tea lady, but they're next to the person that we think is the goon, so is that really that important to kill? But yeah, I think I think you know any of those are are, are very are very strong strong bluffs to pick. Um, and I think kind of the the I mean again we mentioned that it's a it's kind of the most soldier like character in this set, um, and the soldier loves to swap characters with with someone else and i think the fool is another great person if you can find if you find the real exorcist if your neighbor is an exorcist if your neighbor is a chambermaid you just each say you're you know or at least they don't need to say they're the fool because as we've kind of said the fool often is not going to be super public but at the very least you can say oh i'm the exorcist to a couple people um yeah and just kind of take the heat for your neighbor i think that's kind of the 
I'm not not sure if it's the ideal, but I think like that's that would be my default if I could if I could pull it off um, as the yeah. fool. I will say I rarely see roll swaps in BMR for whatever reason. Probably just because there's so many, like you were saying, there's so many characters that like pr- might want to die at night or might not want to die at night. That it's well, like, <laughs> and there's so few, so little starting information, right? With yeah, the, that's also true. With the I think the washerman facilitates roll swaps because it's always two people that could be information. Uh, or that, that you get information about, right? It's like, either you or you is the fortune teller, and you're the fortune teller. Oh, and you're the soldier. Well, I've already set... You're, you can kind of play matchmaker, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, the only starting information here is the grandmother. Grandmother role swaps are a real thing. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grandmother... But, like, if the grandchild is the fool, I don't think there's a huge reason to role swap with them? Question mark? Hmm. Like, the, the grandmother's not setting up a role slot swap between two other players. It's going to be with themselves and their grandchild, usually. Um, certainly it can come up, but I, I do think the fool, you kind of need a bit of blind trust in order to do a role swap. Yeah, one one thought I have is if, like, there is a grandmother pair that you somehow hear about as the fool, if you can, like, just get that grandmother to bluff that you're their grandchild, <laughs> then that might incentivize strongly for the demon to attack you. That that would be incredible, and I if anyone could pull it off, I will be tremendously impressed. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen that, uh, but that that would definitely be an incredible play. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot you can do with grandmother because it's like claiming such a strong world, but people rarely bluff it. I think it's because it's you know grandmother almost always will communicate with her grandchild immediately, um, so the the window to bluff that is is very small. But if you can pull it off, I think it's good. I I think I I've, I've seen demons claim it as a way to give their minions bluffs. I guess a way you can kind of do this in a, like a softer way is just to announce during the day that your grandmother confirmed, <laughs> regardless of whether you know anything about a grandmother in the game. Like if there's talk about executing you, you can just be like, okay, well I'm not gonna say who, and I'm not gonna say whether I'm the grandmother of the pair or they are, but like I'm in a grandmother confirmation scenario, so. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's also that's a good kind of. Um, I'm I, yeah, I, I think I like vague ways of sharing information, um, and so I kind of just like yeah, like I like that kind of statement where you just say say something is true, give no explanations to how you how you know it's true, give no backup information to confirm it. I I think that's a I don't know I think that should that's a strategy that people should do more often. Um, just just announcing something to the group um, with no context. Um, and I think, yeah, the fool is a good one to do that, right? If you, if you say, um, I'm trying to think of like another, another good example of that. Um, well, I mean, you could just say, you know, a bit into the game, you could say, I think the exorcist hit the demon last night, or I've, I've heard that the exorcist hit the, chose the demon last night. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and just let everyone draw their own conclusions. Cause at the very least it will make everyone suspicious of you, both good and evil. Uh, which is, (laughs) which is fun. If you think that your ability might have prevented a death in the last night, and, like, there's not that many other townsfolk who could be explaining it, then you bluffing exorcist can be a good way to get the demon to target you again. Well, no, I guess that actually at that point they would know, huh? Yeah, the they would. Who the exorcist is. Yeah, they would know. <laughs> but maybe you could pretend that you're an exorcist who thinks they can take credit for I it. Think, but <laughs> I think that's, the, I think that's the, 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 better, the better way to do it, um, which is also a, a nice bluff. But yeah, I do think yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, things, and also I think like I, I mean I listed kind of the more the more obviously powerful characters, um, but I think there's a few in there because like the the gambler and gossip are I think also valid way uh, valid bluffs for the fool. 
Um, just because they're both characters that evil will often want to kill at night to prevent them from getting tricky information. Yeah, just to get mess with their info. Yeah, but that in that in that case, you need you kind of need to be a bit more public about what. I mean, obviously, the gossip is about as public as you can be about your about information. Um, yep. But with the gambler, you might need to be a bit more public in terms of like shopping for people to confirm. You know, kind of, kind of let the group know I'm the gambler, and I would like to confirm some people. So you, you have a few. You hopefully have a few op- offers. And if you're doing that publicly enough, then someone might be, oh, I really don't want them to confirm. You know, the the chambermaid. Right. Um. And so, so you might get, you might be able to pull a kill in that way. All right. Do we have any thoughts on like trying to figure out if you did get targeted at night? Um. We talked about that a little bit earlier, and it's pretty difficult until yeah. you actually die. I've got I've got a couple thoughts, um, but they're both very specific situations. Um, a, a first one is just that. Uh, well, I guess this isn't quite figuring out if you've used your life. Um, but if you if you do actually die very early, it is a sign that you were probably poisoned or drunk. Kind of yeah. That's on true. a similar note. Um, I think I wrote a note down, and, and feel free to tell me if I've missed the situation. But if you if you die on night two. Um, the only way you can have been killed was if the Puka chose you night one, or if the assassin killed you, or if the sailor made you drunk, um, or I guess if two different people both killed you that night. Um, yeah, because it's not like the innkeeper could have made you drunk, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so so a, a, an early death can be very strong, um, but that was not your question. That was me getting distracted by misreading no, but my that's, own No, but that's a very good point. <laughs> That's certainly a good point. Yeah, if you die early on, that gives you a ton of info about the yes, game. Yes, it's very strong. It really, and, and especially because two of those situations, um, well, I guess one of those situations, the sailor, you should be able to figure out pretty quickly if it was possible for you to be sailor drunk. Puka and the assassin, you can't really figure out, but it's pretty unlikely that you were killed by two people on the same night. Obviously, there's a lot of possible causes, causes of death, but just, you know, the, the probabilities of two people choosing you by chance and the odds that evil probably did not conspire to murder the fool on their first uh, their first night of killing um, means that it, it probably is just a, a, a you should usually read it as a confirmation of assassin or puka if you die. Yeah, one die dangerous thing is that like if there's a gossip who made a statement that could have killed you, um, the storyteller might use that to use up one of your lives just to kind of mess with you. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, a, as a storyteller, I would rarely have a gossip take away the first life of a fool, but definitely the second life would be, yeah. Would be valid. So it's like if, if they were attacked, if you were attacked by something else in the night and then the gossip used up your second life, I think that's a possibility. Yeah, that is, that is possible. But, uh, but no, in terms of, in terms of actually figuring out, um, whether or not you, you have already dodged death once. Um, I, I, I think there's a few ways you can read it. I mean, obviously the one, the main one is just, there have been two deaths every single night. There was no. There's only one death last night. Maybe yeah. I was killed. the The big downside is it looks so similar to you know it's it's pretty likely you're going to have at least one per, one of innkeeper, sailor, and tea lady in the game. And so between those three, it's not that uncommon for there to be one fewer death at night. So if it de- definitely if if no one's claiming any of those. Um, then, then one fewer death can be a big sign that you were you were targeted. There's just a lot of factors. I think it's kind of 
you should you should keep it in mind as you're going through like kind of think of like oh does the death count make sense if it doesn't make sense should i consider that i may have i may be the reason it doesn't make sense yeah no i'm curious i'm curious what your thoughts are since you you brought it up i didn't really have any <laughs> uh yeah i was pretty pretty much thinking the same things it's there will be situations where based on what everyone's claiming there's just not a lot of ways for it to happen but Probably the biggest thing is to just keep in mind who is executed the previous day, um, because that can have a big factor on how many deaths there are at night. Um, I'm mostly thinking, obviously, of the Zombul. If someone was executed and killed last, uh, killed yesterday, um, and there wasn't a death at night, it's probably more likely there's a Zombul than it was that you were targeted. Um, but also, yeah, that's true. You know, but but if there if there wasn't an execution yesterday and there were no kills. Then that's a case where, well, the Zombul is not very likely to intentionally uh, waste a kill. Probably they they target someone who's protected, and obviously there's multiple ways for that, but it, it, it should be a sign you should read. Um, especially if no one else is really heavily claiming, um, you know, I'm the innkeeper, or, or no one's claiming, I guess more likely no one's claiming there is an innkeeper. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think in general, which is you know part of why you want to actually die um, at night, is because that really gives you a strong, uh, a strong signal that you can backtrace back to what your original death was. I need a better terminology to refer to the the fake death because uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I've used I've used ten different phrases <laughs> so far. I, I think I call it your first life. <laughs> first life, I like that. Yeah. Um. All right. Do you have anything else you want to say in the? section about playing as the fool before we move on to bluffing one thing i do think is actually uh worth bringing up and i I think this will not apply to most people necessarily depending on where your group's meta is claiming the fool might be a strong enough sign that you aren't the fool that it works as a bluff right (laughs) which is just if your group is used to you know the chambermaid or the exorcist or whatever if, if people are used to other characters claiming the fool in order to avoid death it might be it might be enough to just claim fool to get yourself killed by demon by the demon. I think I don't know if I've if that's going to be super common, but certainly you know once if you've been playing with the same people enough times, consider how trustworthy a fool claim is, uh, and yeah. whether that by itself is enough to get evil to to uh, to want to kill you. Also, keep in mind the meta of your group in terms of like do fools always get themselves executed? So will claiming it just make people want to execute you? Yeah, uh, it's yeah. It's definitely something to watch out for. <laughs> yeah, and if if I was in if I was in an execution happy uh group, I probably would not claim fool uh super early on. Uh for that reason, just cuz I yeah, as as you know, we covered earlier, I do think in general um being executed during the day is not ideal for the fool, at least at the start. All right, so let's move on to bluffing as the fool. Um I think that it's an interesting one where there's a lot to talk about for bluffing it as good. So let's start with that. You can kind of invert a lot of the other things we said, where if you're a character who doesn't want to die at night, um, bluffing the fool can be a great way to not get yourself targeted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, and I kind of know this is, like, almost every character, assuming you don't want to die, has a reason to bluff the fool, which which simultaneously makes it a good bluff and also not a good bluff. Um, kind of going back to the soldier comparison again, if someone claims soldier in trouble brewing you should immediately not trust them most of the time. So kind of openly trust or openly claiming the fool in Bad Moon Rising should raise an eyebrow, I think. That said, I think subtly 
you know, there's a lot of ways to subtly imply you're the fool that that work quite well. Um, and also just kind of like if you are in a group that doesn't always love to execute the fool, just saying I'm fine with it being executed if we have no one else, um, even without even without explicitly saying you're the fool, does a lot of work to imply that you have a reason to think you would live. And you don't need to be specific about that in order for it to work as a bluff. And I think that's kind of where the more powerful fool bluffs might lie is making it ambiguous whether you are the fool, whether you're the sailor, whether you are tea lady protected. Those all, it's very easy to just say, you know, I don't think I will die if I'm executed, so I'm fine to be executed. Um, whether or not it's true, but just as a way for other players to kind of trust you and maybe hopefully they might not execute you, but definitely to make uh, evil not want to kill you during the night. I think also that a lot of the times with these bluffs where you're bluffing is something that wouldn't want to be targeted or the evil team wouldn't want to target at night. The end game is often not to necessarily be believed as that thing, but just to have it be possible that you are that thing. So that like the evil team has to make at least like a 50-50 kind of choice mm -hmm. of whether yes. or not they kill you. And you can do that from either side. So like lately my play style has really been like, I'm not going to bluff that hard that I am the fool. But I'm going to say that I might be the fool, and I might be this other thing, and I'm not going to tell you which uh, until, and like you'll just have to figure that out whether or not I want to be killed at night. And yeah, for for me, I think I'm pretty happy often leaving it in that fifty fifty state and not actually trying to convince anyone one way or the other, um, because yeah. you know it's just like it's that. easier it's easier to uh, easier to get away with it for one thing because if somebody is like, oh, you're double claiming me, they're not just going to call you out. Um, because they'll be like, okay, well, I guess they're the other thing, and they're, <laughs> they're trying to make it ambiguous. And also, like, if I bluff one way or the other, then I just feel like sometimes I'm easier to read that way, whereas if I always <laughs> make it ambiguous, no matter which side I'm on, whether wanting to be healed or not, then it's like the evil team never knows what to do with me. I feel like that's kind of a reasonable, like, overall end goal for strategy in Blood on the Clock Tower, is just, like... If the evil team wanted to, they could just ignore everything that everyone said and just pick blindly or pick randomly, you know? Um, so forcing them to do that is close to uh, close to optimal because, like, if you were to do anything else, then evil could always choose to respond with randomness. No, I've never, I've never heard that strategy before, but I actually really like that just in general for a lot of different characters. Um, yeah, I think it works real well. <laughs> uh, obviously, it kind of depends what, what two you pick if you choose, you know... Uh, guys, I'm either the fortune teller or the empath, and I either got a yes or I got a two. Yeah, there, there's... <laughs> but, but yeah, no, certainly like as, a, as a defensive character and a, an information character, it's a, it's a good way to, to both get information out there, but also kind of, yeah, leave open the possibility. What I'll often do is just be like, either I'm the chambermaid, and this is my info, or... I'm some character who wants to be killed at night. I don't. Mm -hmm. leave, I leave it ambiguous as to which one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because, like, you know, the reason you would want to do this in the first place is so that you can get your your info out to the group. Uh, yeah, and from... I think I think living it <laughs> ambiguous is is for the best because, you know, obviously a good person who is one of those characters will know who they are. Um, but you, the the worst case is is if you say I'm either the chambermaid or the fool, and the demon is looking at their bluff saying, "Well, the yeah. fool is right here, so I know which one you are." Whereas, yeah, as someone who, yeah, there's enough people who want to die at night that I think it's it's a good way to, um, especially especially if there's someone who wants to die at night that doesn't 
always want to die at night, right? Like a professor who's used their ability is kind of, I mean, it's, this isn't going to happen the first day. Um, but uh, yeah, there's enough characters who kind of, kind of like are, actually there's not too many in Bad Moon Rising. Well, outsiders. But yeah, no, I like that. I like that as a, I like that as a way to, to get the best of both worlds. Um, one other thing I like to do with the fool is to use it to cover up a tea lady test. So, the, especially if the group kind of has the meta where they're happy to execute fools. If you want to test a tea lady during the day, but have a chance to actually have them survive the night, if you can get a player looped in from the other side of the circle to like make the nomination, and then have that player who's your who's your tea lady neighbor claim to be the fool. Yeah. So that it's like there's no indication that this is a tea lady. It's you're not even being nominated by your neighbor or anything. If you can set this up, then them just claiming to be the fool can serve it serves a lot of benefits if you get it believed. Because for yeah, one thing, yeah. the evil team might think, oh, okay, they're like a pseudo confirmed good player, so I should kill them. Uh, <laughs> and obviously that won't work because the tea lady. And it gets your tea lady to survive another night. So I think it's I think there's a lot of utility to that, and it kind of makes the whole tea lady test even better. Um, yeah, it also and I, I I don't think this is super likely, but it also gives the slight possibility that evil might burn two kills. Uh, yeah. Or, like, it's very rare that the, that evil will think I would like to kill that fool, um, as their main objective. But you know, if the fool is trusted and it's nearing the final three, when it's more important to to get rid of trustworthy characters than it is to get rid of um, the get rid of information characters, I can see a scenario where where evil has been tricked into thinking that so-and-so is the fool. Um, and so they decide to kill them during the night just to eliminate a trusted character. And it turns out they were actually tea lady protected. And now evil is the fool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, de- definitely niche. Uh, I did, I did write down, uh, a sailor bluffing as a fool could trick evil into thinking they are killable, but I don't actually know why that would be that good because <laughs> usually you wouldn't want to kill the fool that badly, but yeah, that also that gets into like me not understanding what even you're supposed to do with sailor i'm not i don't know i still don't know what to do with sailor uh that's going to be an interesting episode hopefully my guest for that is going to be able to carry it uh, carry the episode um I'll, I'll i'll try to run as many games as i can in the next few weeks and put sailor in every single one so i can help you out with that <laughs> yeah tell me tell me how it works because i i don't know I run it a lot, but I still feel like I have no idea what to do with it. <laughs> My last game with the sailor, I just made the sailor drunk, make themselves drunk. I think like six nights in a row. <laughs> uh, so, um, but uh, but yeah. So, is, do you have anything else to say about bluffing as the fool is good? Uh, one last thing with the tea lady test. There, if uh, a good way to make this believable is if it's getting towards the end of the day and there hasn't been an execution yet, just having that person say, "Well, hey, if we can't decide on an execution, let's just execute me." That might be the sort of thing that doesn't normally fly in your group even if you don't always execute fools, but because you're going to have the support of the tea lady and their other neighbor, presumably, uh, that makes that execution actually a lot more likely to go through. So, but it's kind of in a subtle way where you don't have to actually claim anything. It's just two players who are who should likely be going along with it. Yeah, I, I think in general, if we can't decide on execution, then choose me is a very strong, uh, a strong thing to say. Um, yeah. <laughs> just... You know, I think both for good and evil, uh, claiming that you are fine with being killed makes people trust you, whether or not you actually end up getting getting executed. Right. But no, I definitely I definitely agree with that. Um, and I, I had I guess this is kind of jumping back to the playing as the fool. Uh, 
But I think also if you are a fool who disagrees with a person who's currently going to be executed, um, volunteering yourself to save them um, is is kind of a valid way to to fix that yeah. situation. Won't always work because it can also look like a minion trying to trying to fall on the sword for their demon. Um, it's going to especially look like a devil's advocate trying to yeah. <laughs> trying to do that. Trying um, to just change the days on which those two get executed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you do it, you know, on the first on the first day or two, then I think it's it's valid. I think this is a good point to transition into playing as evil and bluffing as the fool, because I think that what you were just saying, where like claiming you're okay with being executed, that I think is really something people can do more often as evil than they often do. Yes. And the reason is that if you say that and then the other players don't the the other evil players don't vote for you uh it allows you to make that claim and then it'll just seem like the group decided that they didn't want to actually kill you and the, like is kind of implicitly deciding to trust you yes and yeah. so i feel like that has a lot of like like that's a good way to bluff fool for one thing but it's also just like the psychological effect of somebody saying hey i'm okay with being executed and then the group not executing them I feel like that kind of implies to a lot of people that we have decided we trust this person, even though it could just be evil has decided that they don't want to kill this person. <laughs> yes. And I, I think especially if it's a self-nomination, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's extremely strong. Because it, also it's saying, you know, often if you say, I don't want to die, but I'm fine with it, and then you self-nominate, um, that's a way of telling the group, like, you know, I trust you, or I trust your decision making, even if you don't trust me. Um, which is a great way to make people make very poor decisions. Yeah, and and the the thing is, the evil team has all of the info they need to decide whether or not they want to execute yes. you. And that could be a significant number of votes, especially if this happens kind of later in the game and there's still a few evils alive. Like, the more evil is already winning, the more easily you can get away with not actually ex being executed while doing yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and if, if the vote, you know, if, if there are no good votes... Um, and there's a couple of evil players late in the vote, they can even vote for you just to make it look like there's some, you know, if, if it's not going to be enough to, to make you be executed, you know, if one or two evil people vote for you, it at the very least makes it look like you aren't on the same team. Well, I guess I guess it might be too obvious. That might be too obvious. Of the... Yeah, it's you got to make your own judgment yeah. call there. Yeah, I guess because if, if a vote's definitely going to fail and then two people vote yes, then they can often... You know, at the very usually people will just ignore it if or or they'll look suspicious. But yeah, it varies. And I think this is a really good thing to do as the demon if you think you can get away with it. Which I think in general, um, I like those kind of high risk, high reward plays as evil because if you if you get away with it, then you're probably very trusted. You're in a very good position to win the game. And if you don't get away with it, uh, then the game's probably going to end very soon. And so yeah. you could just try a good next game. <laughs> I've seen so many games recently. I feel like the last like three games I've story told or something, there's been someone who has just nominated themselves early and then later on fallen back on that to be like, hey, would a demon do that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and if they hey, listen to the podcast, they might. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else do you think about bluffing the fool as evil? Yeah, I, I think I think like kind of as I said before, you it's not really a role where just coming out and saying I'm the fool is not the way to do it. Um, because that's, you know, I think I think uh, every group quickly picks up to the fact that there are certain characters that are uh, kind of too easy of a bluff because they don't get information, right? Um, yeah. 
And in Bad Moon Rising, there's actually a, a, a handful of them. Um, so if someone comes out and says, I'm the fool, I don't know anything. I'm the tea or I'm the pacifist, I don't know anything. You know, I'm the minstrel, I don't know anything. Those are all extremely suspicious claims. So I think the fool is best done as part of another bluff. Either you could do the thing you said earlier and say, hey guys, I'm either the fool or I'm the chambermaid. And and that kind of, you know, lets you lets you claim one thing and then and then if it turns out your chambermaid information has been horrifyingly wrong at the end of the game, or then, you know, later on in the game, you can say, well, the reason my chairman information was wrong is because I'm, I'm the fool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I'm sorry, I was hoping to, to catch someone out, but it didn't work, so now... And hey, you know, maybe I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, hopefully I tricked someone, but I don't know. Uh, but, I, you know, I think, I think just straightforward coming out of, uh, as it is usually not a great move. Uh, the exception there can be the devil's advocate. Um, uh, because as mentioned, Devil's Advocate is the only way for for evil to survive an execution um, in Bad Moon Rising. Yeah, I think I think the the Devil's Advocate can claim the fool um, somewhat. It's a bit tricky because, like, I think I think I would still not choose it as your primary bluff, right? Starting off day one, saying I'm the fool, we should test myself, we should test me by executing myself. Um, that's I would not recommend doing that. But I think a DA that you know. Uh, you know, I guess I'm, I'm also assuming the DA will choose themselves the first day, which may or may not be be constant, though I think I frequently see that as a default DA move. I don't think, uh, I'm, I'll admit I'm behind on the podcast. I have not listened to the Devil's Advocate episode yet. I, I don't apologize. Even remember what we said, so. <laughs> okay, good, good. <laughs> We're in the same boat. <laughs> perfect. Um, but I think I think a devil's advocate is is a very um, good minion in order to do the well. If there's no one else ready to be executed, then I guess I'll be executed. I'm fine with it. Um, that kind of thing. I think the devil's advocate is a very good good character to do that with. With the caveat being that if people say, "Oh no, we're happy. We'll do that tomorrow," uh, then you're very <laughs> sad. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, so it, it's it's risky. But even then, you know, if, if you say, oh, we'll do it tomorrow, then then you can just say, like, I mean, you probably will not get out of the out of being executed the next day. But you can at least say, well, the fact that you guys delayed a day means that, you know, evil suck a, sunk a kill on me to make sure I would I would not be confirmed or something. Right. Um, you can find you, you. It gives you a bit of room to have an excuse about how about one of your life has, lives has been used up, which you can't really do if you're if you're the devil's advocate claiming to be a sailor. Um, yeah. Though I mean, obviously the sailor can just say, "Oh, I must be drunk tonight." But you know, the fool is a bit because the fool's ability is at one time use, and you will not always know when it's been used. It gives the DA a bit more room to to kind of still appear to be the fool even if they died. Yeah, that makes sense. I think for for. Other evil characters, it's mostly just it's it, it's primarily a fallback. I don't think I don't really feel like the Godfather or the Assassin or the Mastermind have a huge reason to bluff the fool in specific, outside of just it's it's a good fallback bluff when another when another uh, bluff has failed. And then I think I think the demons, um, it can it can vary a lot based on what you're trying to do. Um, definitely the Zombul I think has a reason to to try to bluff fool and then you just need to make sure that you are very surprised and sad when you actually die <laughs> in the execution i've i've seen the i don't know if i've ever actually seen that work but i've seen it come very close once um we had a demon zombul who yeah just on the first day they were like hey i'm the fool go ahead and execute me uh and then they died and they were very surprised they were good at acting it out 
and they convinced everyone but one person and then that one person throughout the rest of the game was just like no we need to re-execute them and they eventually <laughs> got the group to agree that's that's great i would i would actually this is pretty niche but i would definitely try if i was if i was a non-zombul demon and i had a and i had a mastermind and i had fool as a bluff um i guess i wouldn't do it day one you because it wouldn't work day one because i don't there's a few reasons the fool might die if executed day one, but it's pretty unlikely. Well, the thing you can push for there is that specifically you were targeted by a puka, which also explains why no one dies the next night. So that can actually work out really well, but it also is the sort of thing where it's like, at that point, it's kind of, everyone thinks it's a puka world, so the game's going to go pretty slowly, so it's kind of low stakes to just execute you again, which is the main reason I see that one not working. It also, I don't think it would imply a puka, wait... No, 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 sorry, that doesn't lie, Puka, sorry. I was doing my... my yeah, like, control. it works out really well to for mm-hmm. a Puka world, but the problem is a Puka world just yeah. isn't that threatening in terms of, like, needing to conserve executions. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's, pro- it's probably most useful if it's done, like, day two or three when it's feasible that you may have uh, been killed, especially if, it, if it's looking like a low-kill like low demon. I don't know, I... I, I it's hard for me to imagine the exact scenario where a fool bluff into Mastermind uh win can work it's hard yeah but i love the mastermind enough that i'm willing to try it <laughs> all right let's move on to running the fool as storyteller i mean not a lot to say here i don't know what do you what, yeah. do you, what are your thoughts well, yeah so i think i think it's it's funny because i mean i i am i guess i we kind of skipped my full intro um i am 90 per, 90 probably 99 percent a storyteller uh, more than a player so it is a bit strange for me to say that there's not that much to running the fool as the storyteller. Besides the fact that I, I do like it. I think I put the fool in... I should have checked my stats um, because I'm the kind of weirdo who keeps stats. Um, but I think, I think I put the fool into a lot of Bad Moon Rising games um, because it's just a character that it works in every setup. Um, yeah. if, you're, if, you're ever, if you're ever unsure of what character to put in, just toss in the fool. Bad Moon Rising in general is a set where I think it's very easy to make a unenjoyable might not be the right word, but definitely to stalemate the game a bit. Yeah. Um, you've talked in previous episodes how, it, like, especially with the tea lady, right? You toss a tea yep. if you have both a tea lady and an innkeeper in the game, you're probably gonna have a pretty slow, uh, pretty slow mini nights game uh, coming towards you. Um, and so, just in general, I think with Bad Moon Rising, it's, it's important to be mindful of how much death prevention you're putting in, because it can very quickly become too much death prevention. Um, and the Fool, even though it is, you know, legally speaking, death prevention, it doesn't really count as that, because it, it will only ever prevent a single death throughout the game. Um, you won't always know for sure when it, when it prevented the death. And so I think I think it's just it's nice because it is it is flexible. You never you'll never you'll never look at a game and think, man, I really should not have put the fool into that game. Um, but you'll also never think I really should not have put the f- or I really should have put the fool into that game. I think it works. Yeah, it's just it's just interesting. I think it also works decently as a as a as a demon bluff. Um, though I I think for the reasons we mentioned before, because it's so good as a fall a fallback bluff. You almost don't need to give it as an explicit bluff for the for the evil team to consider it, to, to consider using it. That's true, and it's it's sort of like they, especially for newer players, they might kind of pick it up in the same way that they do with like soldier or saint, uh, just because they look at the script and they're like, oh, all of these other things take work. Uh, <laughs> yes, which character has the fewest words on it? Uh, I don't actually. 
know if that's true, but it probably is. Oh, Tinker <laughs> might be less. Yeah. Hold on. One other note I wanted to say about it, and speaking of keeping stats, um, for like the first 15 or so games of Bad Moon Rising, I also keep stats. Um, and like the first 15 or so games that my group has played Bad Moon Rising, recently at least, um, since I started keeping stats, the Fool was the highest win rate character. Um, Interesting. And I think that was because it's a very low skill character. Like like we were yeah, mentioning yeah. earlier, almost any way you play it is going to be okay. If you get executed during the day, that can work out really well. If you die at night, that can work out really well. It's just, it's hard to play it badly. So yes. I think that contributes a lot to it being very strong for newer players. Um, mm-hmm. In general, what I've found is that uh, low skill characters tend to have higher win rates than high skill characters, even if I don't necessarily think that they're actually stronger when you really know what you're doing with them. But it's just like having a character that kind of just works is really nice. Uh, (laughs) And so that is one thing to keep in mind is that it can be a little bit stronger, um, at least in my experience, than other characters with newer players. But I do think that probably it might be a little bit weaker uh, once everyone is very experienced. Um, I don't necessarily have data to back that up yet, but that's just kind of the feeling I get from it. Yeah, I, I would love to know um, how it scales with that. Um, I, I, I feel like, I mean, I, I would bet that it still stays around 50-50 because I don't think that it's a character that, like, drags down the average for sure. Um, yeah, that's true. There's, a, there's enough things to do with it that are, still, that are good that, like, yeah, it's just a piece and, of the puzzle in Bad Moon Rising. <laughs> at the very least, the Fool will not very rarely whiff. Um, where there's a lot of characters that can just whiff uh, in Bad Moon Rising, right? It's so easy. Like, I have never seen a professor successfully resurrect someone. Uh, <laughs> really? I feel like I can see that all the time. My, my professors have the worst luck. Uh, twi- twice in a row, uh, the po- or I had the demon kill the professor blindly on the, fir- on the first kill uh, last, time, last time I played. Um, and, you know, it's similar, like, you know, the minstrel can easily die before a minion gets executed. The, you know, the courtier could just choose the wrong character. Um, there's, you know, most of these characters have some way to whiff. Um, the fool, the closest it can get to whiffing is living to the final three, I feel like. Because yeah. <laughs> um, if if you die, it's always information. Even if you don't, even if you were poisoned when you died, so you didn't get your, your you know, both lives, that's still information. That's still, you know, you had to have been poisoned from something. So it's it's the fool is never going to not contribute to the information economy of the game. So I, I, I would I would actually not be that surprised if, if the, the win rate holds up with experienced players. That's definitely possible. Um, just think, just from the like math if you try to math which I think the other factor is a game where you should not try to math it out. <laughs> um, but if you you know, in terms of like trying to figure out the expected value from certain characters, yeah, I think it basically always hits its floor. Exactly. Yeah. Like the floor of how good it is, it's always going to hit that, and that floor is pretty high. Yes, um, exactly. The ceiling isn't that much higher than the floor, but um, I mean, I think the ceiling is is always going to be how good of a how good of a gambit can you pull off, right? How 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 zany can you be? How can you uh, get evil to admit they were lying because you claimed chambermaid, even though you were just making up nonsense? You know how can you how can you gamble someone and then say oh I live so you you must be corrected then they're confused so you got real information out of that from that 
Um, I think for my group, a huge indicator of how strong a character is, is like if they're executed on the first day, how useful are they? Uh, and I, th- I think that if you, if you like evaluate all of the characters, at least in my group, along purely that axis, you're going to get a very good prediction of how good they are. So it's That's... just like, it's like first night info characters tend to be very strong in my group. Yeah. Uh, the fool tends to be very strong in my group because like, you know, get them getting executed on the first day is at least a very visible use of their ability. Mm-hmm empath is like pretty good but not as good as the other characters because yeah that's (laughs) and it's like that's a good metric i like that it's yeah it's like the correlation there is very strong between utility on the first after being executed the first day versus uh Mm -hmm. um yeah well because especially i i feel like a lot of characters can be kind of i don't know if uh the term win more is is very common in blood in the hawk tower uh but as a magic player comes up a lot do you know do you know the term win more yeah that's just like if you have yeah. something where it's only particularly useful or it, it, will, it will have an effect but only particularly strongly if you're already in a position to win the game <laughs> exactly yeah and i think there's a few characters um the exorcist and the courtier kind of examples of not you know they're not super win more but um for the exorcist the exorcist is best if you already have an idea who the demon is and the courtier is, is best if you have figured out what type of demon you have yeah um and so i think they're both kind of examples of characters that are um either extremely strong if you were able to get to get an early demon read or they're just you know they do nothing right um and so i think from that from that perspective the fool is always going to to give you give your team something um and and yeah uh and you also are not under a huge amount of pressure to do some some masterful play, so it lets you mess around in ways that can make evil be confused. Um, uh, and I think evil the evil team being confused is one of the best things you can do because that's when then they can't you know make a make a carefully uh, you know if, if if evil has a scheme but but you've managed to trick them into about who you are that scheme's going to collapse um, and it'll it might unravel their whole plan. Uh, and you often don't need to work that hard to make it happen as the fool. Um, one other note I had about uh, storytelling with it is just on the topic of the sailor choosing the fool. Yeah. I think that the sailor making the fool drunk is great. That's one of my favorite uses for the sailor where I feel like I actually have an opinion on it. And like it's I, I have an opinion on what's the right thing to do there, which is usually make the fool drunk because it's just fun. It's you have an immortal <laughs> sailor. And if the fool gets killed, they now have a reason to trust the sailor a little bit. So it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just feel like there's a lot of good outcomes from that. Yeah, I think I think in general, yeah, I, I like that choice. And I think uh, the fool has some, uh, like, I think innkeeper is similar, where I can definitely see myself using the innkeeper's drunkenness on the fool. Um, obviously, because there's two choices with the innkeeper, it would heavily depend on who the other person was. Um, but I, I, I think... Yeah, they, they, they interact... Yeah, they're a good choice for the Sailor. Um, they're a good choice for the Innkeeper, but also I think most characters are probably a good choice for the Innkeeper. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think in general, it just has... Like, I, I, I should have gone through every character just to note any fun interactions they have. They interact with the Grandmother in an interesting way because it makes the Grandmother safer. Um, just because uh, the, the Fool's less likely to die because of their ability and so therefore your grandmother's a bit less you're less likely to get that double kill right oh i think i was gonna say the pacifist i think is is also interesting uh interaction because 
it's just weird. Um, so, so for context, right, the pacifist, uh, any good player who is executed might not actually die. And with a fool in play, that can leave to, lead to a lot of ambiguity as to why they did not actually die. Um, if a fool is executed and doesn't die, um, it could be because they were used up their first life. It could be because they've already used up their first life, but the pacifist protected them. It could also be because they weren't going to die no matter what, but also mm. the pacifist protected them. Yeah. So they didn't die, but they also still have their second life left. And I think all of those are actually interesting things to do as the storyteller. Yeah, I don't think there's necessarily a wrong choice there. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think any of those are bad, um, but it does mean that... Uh, and I think it's... And this actually kind of ties into another thing I was going to say is... When you're storytelling Bad Moon Rising, it's very important to always keep in mind, like, and double check, will the person who's about to be executed actually <laughs> die from the execution? And kind of similarly, you want to keep in mind, like, if they're not going to die from the execution, should I use up the fool power? Should I use the pacifist power? You know, what are what are the options there? Um, and it's not a huge deal if you make a mistake. I don't think, you know, most groups aren't going to be too... Um, like, if you say, and then, you know, Jim dies. Wait, no, sorry, Jim didn't die. Jim Jim's alive. It's fine. Jim, Jim, you're okay. You're healthy. <laughs> yeah. The nice thing about that is it doesn't give, really give anything away because, like, yes, it's totally possible to forget any of the many reasons that they wouldn't die. <laughs> exactly. I think the the one downside is uh, is if you do it at the very end of the game uh, and evil starts to celebrate, uh, yeah. that would be that would, that yeah. would be the case. We need to be careful. Um, I I I had a recent game, not not for that reason, but uh, evil lost it due to premature celebration. Uh, and that that doesn't That's... feel that doesn't feel great. <laughs> uh, there's not much you could really do to save them from it. <laughs> there's not too much interaction with the outsiders. I feel besides kind of the moon child, but it's just the straightforward. I mean, actually, if you're the fool and the moon child dies, having them pick you is well. Actually, no, I have. I don't actually know what my opinion on that is. I don't either. <laughs> I'm. Because on the one hand, it prevents good from dying, but also the one benefit of Moonchild is, it, is that they can be soft-confirmed. So I don't... I wish I had thought of this before the very end of the episode so that I could evaluate my opinions on it. <laughs> I think for me, it's... Uh, I would I, I lean towards not wanting to do that because I think mm -hmm. that the Moonchild being able to potentially confirm a good player or potentially point out an evil player can be pretty strong. Yeah, so it's like I'd rather go for that upside of the Moonchild ability rather than try to mitigate the downside of it. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Um, I think the one situation might be if it's kind of late in the game and you would like to know whether or not you've already died. But then if you don't die, there's so much ambiguity going on yeah. there <laughs> that I, I don't like it. So I think I agree that if if you as the fool can avoid being picked by the Moonchild, uh, you should. But I'm sure there are also situations where you'd want to be chosen by them. So new wants and blood in the clock tower. That doesn't sound <laughs> Imagine right. It. Yeah, I think that's I think that's all <laughs> I've got. I think that's I think that'll wrap us up here. Thank you so much for <laughs> recording right. with me again. Yep, it was good to be good to be back on after a couple years break. Yeah, and it's good to have you back playing games again. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, thanks everyone for listening, and you'll hear from me in another couple weeks. And you won't hear from me. That's right. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye.